light and darkness. The contrast between those two realities is crystal clear in the story we just heard from Matthew chapter 2 and in the verses that immediately follow this passage in Matthew's Gospel. The light of the star, the light of the star that guided the Magi from their homeland, which was probably ancient Persia, modern-day Iran, the light that guided them from their homeland to the Savior of the world in Bethlehem, that stands in sharp contrast to the darkness that filled the heart of King Herod. A darkness, a hatred, which led him to murder a lot of people, including some members of his own family. First, the light. You know, the journey of the Magi can be seen, from one perspective at least, as a metaphor, as a metaphor for the Christian life. The life of a disciple, the life of a true follower of Jesus Christ, is a lot like the the journey of the Magi to Bethlehem. It's a journey to Jesus Christ. It's not always an easy journey. There are obstacles you have to deal with along the way. There are difficult people like Herod that you have to deal with along the way. But you don't have to do it alone, without help. As a baptized Christian, as a Catholic Christian, you have a light. I have a light. We have a light. The light of our Catholic faith to guide us safely to our destination. Just like the Magi had the light of the Star of Bethlehem, to guide them on their way. And if you follow that light and persevere in your journey, as these magi persevered in theirs, it'll be worth it in the end. You'll meet Jesus as they did, only not in a manger, but rather in his eternal kingdom. As the priest used to say in the old opening prayer for the Mass of the Epiphany, Father, you revealed your Son to the nations by the light of a star. Lead us to your glory in heaven by the light of faith. Which brings us to the darkness. Specifically, the darkness of King Herod, which, as I said a few moments ago, filled his heart with hatred and motivated him to kill a lot of innocent people, including the holy innocents, as well as members of his own family. His purpose in killing was usually to get rid of rivals. He was paranoid about people taking his throne, even members of his own family. This, of course, was why in today's Gospel it said that he was greatly troubled when the Magi told him that they were there to see, quote-unquote, the newborn king of the Jews. If Herod were alive today and got evaluated by a psychologist or a psychiatrist, I think he would be diagnosed as a paranoid psychopath or something along those lines. After all, among the people that he murdered were two of his own sons, his wife and his brother-in-law. Now you know why Caesar Augustus, the Roman emperor, once said that it was safer to be Herod's pig than it was to be Herod's son. News of Herod even spread all the way to Rome back then. Which brings us finally to 
to our own generation, to 2017. What really has me concerned, my brothers and sisters, is this. In our American society right now, the darkness of Herod seems to be eclipsing the light of the Magi. In other words, in so many ways and in so many places, hatred seems to be trumping faith these days. And I use the word trumping there as a kind of pun. Because nowhere has this been evident to me more in recent weeks than in the response of many of our cultural elites and many other people as well to our new president-elect. It doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or a Republican. It doesn't matter whom you voted for in this past election. The kind of Herod-like vitriol that we've been hearing since November the 8th ought to concern you. It ought to concern everybody. It's one thing to disagree with somebody's policies. It's quite another to use every four-letter word you can think of on social media to describe a man and his family or to purposely engage in violent protests, hate-filled protests, or to beat and torture a mentally handicapped man. Did you hear about that? So those four young people did in Chicago last week. Young thugs is what they were. And of course, our president-elect hasn't always responded to others with charity and respect either, which has only compounded the problem. The darkness of Herod, I'm sad to say, is enveloping our culture right now on this matter and on a lot of other issues. Hopefully, we are not contributing to it. And if we have been contributing to it, hopefully, by the grace of God, we will stop. Because no nation built on hatred can survive for very long. The destructive power of hatred was illustrated beautifully in an old Twilight Zone program that I saw the other day. So the Sci-Fi Network, as some of you know, has a Twilight Zone marathon every New Year's Day. I like to catch as many of the programs as I can, especially the ones I've missed in the past. In this particular episode I'm talking about this morning, a man named Jagger is to be hanged for murder. He's totally unrepentant for what he's done. And he's filled with hatred toward the people of the town where he committed the crime, or allegedly committed the crime. And by the same token, the people of the town hate him. They can't wait to see him strung up, hanging from a noose. Then on the day of the execution, something strange happens. The sun doesn't rise. Darkness covers the whole town throughout the day, and it deepens, gets deeper after the execution. People can't understand why this is happening until the local reverend steps forward and says that the sky is black because of hate. Their hate. The hate that they're carrying their, in their hearts for this man who has just been executed. The episode comes to a close when somebody turns on the radio to hear the local news report. And the announcer on the radio says that the darkness 
isn't only happening locally, it's also being reported in other places in the country and throughout the world. North Vietnam, Dallas, Budapest, Chicago, Shanghai. The last word of the program, of course, as usual, goes to the creator of the Twilight Zone, Rod Serling. And it's a powerful one, so powerful that I'll also make it the last word of my homily. It gives us the message Rod Serling wants us to take from the story, which is the same message that I'd like people to take from this homily. Serling says, a sickness known as hate, not a virus, not a microbe, not a germ, but a sickness nonetheless, highly contagious, deadly in its effects. Don't look for it in the twilight zone. Look for it in a mirror. Look for it before the light goes out altogether.